Captain, we're live! We can't be live! But we are! This is our broadcast slot! Look, we can't be broadcasting, the crew is in turmoil, we've got nothing... Captain, you're on air! Fine, fine. <clears throat> Hello gamers, and um, low games! I mean, save our games! This is Save Our Games, your finest maritime discussion program on uh, vi- uh, video games. Now, we have had some difficulties this week. The crew have been rather rowdy with me on account of, um, not having enough games. In fact, we are, we are totally out of games on board. Many of the crew are wondering where we will get any more, and, uh, so do I. But no matter, we'll soldier on, for we are on a mission to take back gaming for the, for the gamers. And, uh, we will not be deterred by a simple lack of games. Perhaps a game which we can make ourselves would be good. Yes, yes, we have the capacity for an email in game with the audience. Yes, I've got one. So I spy with my little eye something beginning with S. Now, could you please email your guesses as to what it is I'm spying to saveourgames at gmail.com and we'll see who might win. Captain! Oh, why if it isn't JP Factboy, our resident fact blaster? Are you here to guess what it is I'm spying, Jake? No, ma'am. We found a game! A game? A video game? Yeah, Cap Cap. It was behind one of the bunks. Someone must have fallen asleep playing it. Oh, that's fantastic news! We'll have something to talk about on this broadcast! Have you told the rest of the crew? They're already booting it up, Captain. Fantastic, fantastic. Then we'll talk about that. What is the game? It's an indie turn-based puzzle game called Into the Breach, Captain. We're taking turns, taking turns with it. Amazing. In that case then, dear listenership, Save Our Games is back on track for another week with the last game in our stocks. So buckle in and tune up, and this week we'll be going Into the Breach. <laughs> was an unlucky little room I found myself in. Everyone clamoring to play the only game left aboard. It's very difficult to navigate. If only there were some way of foreseeing and intercepting random problems like that. Hmm. You know, Into the Breach is a remarkably fair puzzle, especially for a roguelike that's a technical term for us game designers. You might not know it. In roguelikes, every time you start a new game, you navigate a randomly generated pathway. Death usually means the end of a playthrough, and you have to start at the beginning again, reordering the experience. The problem is, the random generation of challenges often hits you with unfair scenarios, making you lose the game 
and nullify your entire progress. If only there were a way to design around that. The name's Grant Sodium, by the way, the HMS Games resident game designer, here to diss the problems plaguing your Ludo narrative. So, Into the Breach is a roguelike in which you pilot a team of giant mechs in an attempt to save the last dregs of humanity from an invasion of monstrous giant insects known as the Vec. Mech versus Vec. In Into the Breach, ITB if you will, there's a little something I came up with, you know one turn in advance exactly what the Vec will do. They might be attacking a skyscraper or a freight train, or you! And you get the next turn to respond and counterattack before those moves are completed. The puzzle is randomly generated, you don't know what enemies will do indefinitely into the future. But in the short term, you get a solvable puzzle with time allotted to reposition and account for any curveballs thrown your way. Chess-like, you get to think a number of moves ahead. If you get good, you might be able to predict more than the game directly tells you. There's precious few completely unforeseeable events which can completely derail your game. The only part of ITB which leans into chance is when you fail to stop an insectoid attack on a tower block. In that case, there's a small chance the building will resist the attack. This dice roll is the last ditch Hail Mary you'll cross your fingers for, when all your best efforts have failed. Even then, your odds are improved by preparedness. Good past performance nets you a higher chance of civilian survival. What's more, the structure of the game design and the story it tells fit together like a puzzle. Your team of mech pilots arrive from a dimension-hopping future, intent on saving humanity with their hulking tech. Like a skyscraper-sized Arnie from Terminator 2, for the Sega Genesis. Every new game is a team hopping into a new timeline where humanity can yet be saved. Every game over, whether success or failure, sees a single pilot transported to a new timeline, their experience intact. This explains why you know what the Vec do in advance. You have limited time travel powers, allowing you both foresight and a one-time ability to reset your own turn back to when it began. But not only that, it also explains the player and their pilots increasing knowledge as the game is experienced. Everything the player learns is matched in the ongoing story of a pilot continuing from one humanity-saving mission to another. New pilots are found in time pods, escaped from doomed timelines, joining your potential lineage of saviors, and on game over your team are scattered out again as you follow a single specialized operator out into another world. This is done with barely any dialogue, mostly just for flavor. The game speaks for itself. Nearly every decision is justified both to the player and their characters. The puzzle is fair and it solves the age-old problems of random generation by letting you know what's coming. More games could learn from this, and I for one am glad it's the only game left on the ship. Oh god, did, did I seal that hatch properly? I've got to go, I, I'm not ready to deal with whoever was in that room. Bye! to abandon ship. Captain Aubrey told me we're going into the beach. I haven't packed my swim shorts. We can share mine, but Ben, 
the game is called Into the Breach. Tony, you shouldn't call Captain Nintendo a bitch. That's not epic. Uh, no. The name of the game is enunciated into the breach. Oh, I didn't know Aubrey was the religious type. I don't have my Sunday church best. Into the preach? I... Uh, well, we could share mine. Wait, Ben, do you not have any clothes in the ship? All I brought was Minecraft graphic tees. Why, what do you have? Uh, Assassin's Creed graphic tees? Hmm, there's a lot of jumping around churches in those games. Anyway, speaking of jumping around, what do you think of Into the Breach's different movement types for different crews, and how they affect the puzzle of the game? I saw a film where they did that once, with talking puppet insects and Pete Postlethwaite. What? They went into the peach. James and the giant peach! Christ, Ben. Did you even play the game? What game? Announced in 2017 for a 2018 release, Into the Breach was everything. Combining elements of science fiction to a T with mechs that put anime like Eureka 7 and Gurren Lagann to shame. Not to mention its promise of time travel. Into the Breach looked like it was going to have everything. And on first playthrough, I was endeared by how it presented its own endlessly replayable world. In Into the Breach, you control a mech pilot, traveling backwards in time in order to save humanity from the Vec, an order of gigantic insects who, in your timeline, wiped everybody out. So, imagine me. I'm going through my first playthrough and, aw shucks, I let the Vec destroy too many buildings. The power grid failed, and the Vec overtook the Earth. So, I failed. Game over. Right? Well, yeah, in a way. But in other ways, hell no. See, a lot of games in this situation would give you a game over screen and prompt you to start again. This is what happens in Subset Games' wildly successful first release, FDL, Faster Than Light, in which you command a small ship and its crew racing across the galaxy in an attempt to save the Galactic Federation from the kinda fashy rebels. If your crew all die or your ship explodes, it's all over and you must start again. But in Into the Breach, it's a little different. You fail and your timeline hopping mech team bail out of that dimension and fly into another, one which similarly needs saving from the Vec Horde. It's a little thing, but it does a lot for the narrative, right? Your crew actually carry over from campaign to campaign, so you can start to build up a story together. Hey, I'm a veteran of three mech-vec wars, the first two I won, but the last one, goddammit, I just couldn't save those people. I had to warp out of there and leave my crew behind, and I am not letting that happen again. It's engaging, right? A little thing that adds a lot to the story and to player investment. Well, what if I told you 
It's the reason I can't get along with this game. Now don't get me wrong, it is nifty. Nifty as all hell that you can carry a story through like this. But let's dig just a little deeper and look at what these timelines imply. Every time a game ends in Into the Breach, whether by successfully saving humanity or not, there is another timeline to jump to, another world invaded by Vec to save. And it's your job to do it. That's why you're playing the game, right? This is a narrative justification for the game being endlessly replayable. Wanna play another campaign? The story has you covered, because our hero has another timeline in which some big bugs need squishing. But what does this mean about what you're doing in the game's world? You could play thousands of hours of ITB, and still more worlds would pop up. More realities would be in danger. No matter how many worlds you save, it is never enough. So alright, maybe I'm being utopian here. In case you didn't know, Utopia is the name of a Greek philosopher who thought everything could be good. Maybe it's unreasonable to expect the game to give me a perfectly happy ending. But let's compare it to FTL, Subset's first game that I mentioned earlier. FTL has a sense of catharsis. If you manage to defeat the flagship at the end, then you have saved the Federation. That is a contained story, and you made it happen. And the road was long and hard, and you won and lost so many things to get there. If you didn't get that far, that's a good story too. You were the one ship that bravely fought to the death in order to do what's right. You stood up for what you believe in. You're invested, right? Because if you succeed, you've saved something. And if you fail, you might never recuperate what you lost in the story world of the game. But in ITB, where's my catharsis for winning the game? I instantly beam off to save another world just as in danger, as if my actions had no impact, no revelry, no seeing the species I saved enjoying their peace. And where's my regret for losing? Sure, this world that just got overrun by Vec will be destroyed, but there's another world just like it one dimension jump away. What have I got to lose? What have I got to invest? And if you think it's unfair to compare Into the Breach to FDL, just check out how the former is marketed. It's plastered with FTL's name. From marketing to sci-fi setting to art and writing style, ITB obviously follows on from Subset's first runaway hit. So now you know my main problem with the overall campaign story of Into the Breach. But my complaints extend into individual character moments too. See, like FDL's ship hanger, Breach has a set of characters and of mechs you can unlock to give the game a different flavor each time you play. And a lot of these are genuinely excellent. I love these characters, and the different mech teams are interesting variations on the game's puzzle. Like, how does the game play with Harold Schmidt? 
repairman in the driver's seat of a lightning mech, or ace pilot Henry Kwan flying about in an old world fighter jet. These combinations are genuinely cool and engaging, and the game's flavor text and art gives a good idea of who and what these pilots are. So why don't I care when my characters die? When my coolest robot pilot, who I picked up in a time pod in the middle of a battlefield, dies defending the last of humanity after a long period of service, why doesn't that bear the same emotional weight as the death of a little green sprite in FDL who I accidentally exploded after teleporting him onto an enemy ship? It's cause the time travelers come back. Whether by picking them up in time pods or recruiting pilots at a store, there are ways in Into the Breach of finding different versions of the same character you just saw die back again. Sure, they won't have the same experience they gained when they were with you, but they're alive, even though they died in your game earlier. So what's the sacrifice? Mechanically, yes, you lost something, but in the story of this team of bug fighters, that death was pretty unimportant. And sure, maybe I'm expecting too much from a game that pretty elegantly tries to tie its puzzle mechanics and narrative together. But this is from the developers of FTL, one of the most emotionally engaging little indie story generators out there. And it's just framed in a way that leaves me kinda hollow. No great defeats, no grand victories, no amazing stories. I want to be able to tell people that Into the Breach is a great way to experience your own Pacific Rim. But instead, my experience is more like specific dim. Thanks for listening. I'm Soliloquy Jackson, the Technol Investigationist. Ring that bell for more. Just give it a score! I haven't even played it! I've been below decks for months! I don't care! You're a reviewer! This is your job! Come on, I can't review anything until I've spent days locked in a hotel room with the game, under close watch from the production company staff, trying desperately to experience as much of it as I can in order to give it a pithy quote for the back of the box. Well, can you just pretend you've done that? Just this once. Please, we're behind on material for this episode. What do you want me to say? Into the Breach, 8 out of 10, the strongest bug-fighting mech experience to come out this decade. Perfect. What are you doing? Into the Breach, 8 out of 10, the strongest bug-fighting mech experience to come out this decade. Thanks, Sam. That's Sam there from H2 on Gaming, giving you the consumer information you need as a gamer. You... And now, what? a new song from our inimitable house band, The Man Packs. Aubrey, no... That wasn't my review! All my life, I have wished for that one tasty dish for skate games to be the same. But now, I that what I really need is a Tony Hawk branded, ideally designed, owned and operated by that. Grand
and germs, and men, and non-binary people. We have a bit of time left in the show now for our regular feature, Call In With The Captain. Call In With The Captain. Boom. Now, who do we have on line one here, Oz? It's, it's, uh, it's Paul. Hello, Paul. Hello. Hi, Paul. Hello, Aubrey. Hi, Paul. Hi. Night, Aubrey. Yes, Paul? Now, I've missed most of the episode today. See, I was in the garden on my PlayStation Vita. But I've got a wee recommendation for you. It's a game, a video game. Oh, please continue, Paul. We've been suffering a bit of a game's drought at the minute. This couldn't come at a better time. Oh, it's very fun, Aubrey. It's so engaging. Well, tell me about it, Paul. All right, Aubrey. It's this puzzle game. Right. And you're in these big robot suits fighting these big mosquitoes. Right. And you're able to rewind time and make choices again. And it's all very fun. And goodness, I can't remember the name of it now. That, uh, that that wouldn't be Into the Breach now, would it, Paul? That's the one, Aubrey. That's the ticket right there. Yeah. Yeah, great. Thanks, Paul. Now, I can talk quite extensively on this, Aubrey. I'm quite well informed. I could talk about how it communicates its mechanics or its narrative implications. No, I think we're sorted on that front. Thank you, Paul. But thank you for thinking of us and and for calling in. Now, the good thing about it is you can see exactly the effect each turn will have. Oh, sorry, we have to cut you off there, Paul. But um, we have a line two. I I mean, we have someone on line two. Roz, please put line two on. Hello? Hello, stranger. Hello, Line 2. Can I ask what your name is? Never you mind, stranger. <laughs> See, I was floating around these parts. These undisclosed international waters. And I noticed a broadcast coming through pretty clearly on your frequency. 
No, I couldn't help but overhear that you're low on games. That, that's right, yes. We've been uh, down to discussing our last one today. Why, do you have some to donate? <laughs> well, I'm not much one for charity, stranger. But I am something of a merchant. And if you're willing to buy some entertainment, I am happy to sell it in exchange for fuel and food. That's... Yes, perfect, perfect. Is your ship nearby? Come aboard, let's see your wares. Ha <laughs> ha! Thank you. I'll be there in a jiffy. Well, folks, this is a lucky turnout for us. Looks like we're going to have games to talk about next week. What luck! Let's switch over to some microphones on the main deck. Hello, strangers. What you buying? Games, please. What games do you have? <laughs> I have a wide selection for your perusal, given you have supplies to trade. But how about you take a gander at these? Whoa. Merchant! Captain Aubrey Nintendo here, pleased to make your acquaintance. So, this is your ship, is it? Aubrey Nintendo. That's one thing I've made sure of. Now, I must thank you for your custom being this far out at sea. Well, a merchant's got to make a living, eh? Speaking of which, let's negotiate the terms of our trade. We can do that off air, but just before then, I want to know, as a matter of personal interest, do you have the latest Telltale games in your selection? I am dying for more characters remembering choices I've made. Oh, I am sorry, Captain. But it seems news doesn't reach you out here all that fast, does it? What do you mean? Telltale went bankrupt long ago, it did. Lots of people lost their jobs on that one. I can tell you that much. You won't be getting more licensed games of that sort for a little while yet. I see. That's, um... Right, well... Let's, uh... Let's negotiate a trade deal, then, I suppose. With pleasure, my lady. So we can loan you a, a very good worker. And thank you for listening. My name is Ash Henri Jones, and I created this podcast after hearing Save Our Games being broadcast over the waves and thinking that it shouldn't just be limited to radio, it should be released as a podcast as well. So that's how this got here. If you enjoyed the show, we'd really appreciate if you could rate it what you think it's worth on your podcast player of choice. If you'd like to leave us a tip, you can do so at paypal.me forward slash saveourgames. Uh, and if you cannot do that, or you don't want to for any reason, then we'd really appreciate it if you could share the show with someone who you think would enjoy it. That really helps us out more than anything, I'd say. Uh, it's not just me that helps this, this podcast happen. We have a, a series of, of assistants working for different crew members uh, to help this happen. Uh, and they include Lee McCauley, who helps out Khan and Grant Sodium, and also The Merchant. Uh, Kit Reese for JP Factboy, Anthony Ferguson helps out Tony, Rory Jones helps out Ben, Susie Sawafi 
uh, is an assistant for Sam from H21 Gaming, and Drew Hepkins helps out with the man packs, which I also do from time to time. We hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, hope you catch up with us next time for another installment of Save Our Games. Thanks. Thanks.